Morning, everyone. So Salau and I have been on a bit of a journey this morning because my sermon has changed about five times. <laughs> but my scriptures haven't, which is kind of crazy. Scriptures stay the same. That's, that's proof that the, you know, the word is living. <laughs> it, it, you change, but it doesn't. Let me move a bit further forward. But yeah, I've been on a bit of a journey and there have been so many things that God has been speaking to me about. And then as each person shares, Tian shares and it's like, oh my word. And then Tony shares and then somebody else shares and it's just, I don't want to move on from what God is doing. You know, we're not, I'm not preaching this morning because, you know, a good Sunday service has announcements and then worship and then there's a word and then we move on with our lives. So I want to hear what God is saying, and I want to, I want to share. So, so early in this, in this week, I wanted to share a bit about me, and then I moved on from that. I wanted to share a bit of my testimony, and then, and then the last thing God said to me now in worship was, I want you to share a bit of your testimony. So he's taken me on a bit of a, a roundabout route. But the, the title that I've got, and it's, it's a working title, and it's completely different to the one I arrived with this morning. But the title, if, you, if you're making notes, is When in Doubt... Love like Jesus. And then in brackets it says, surrender. And I'm not going to go into the scriptures about where, you know, the scripture talks about where, where, where Jesus submitted himself to the Father. But it's, it's implied. When in doubt, love like Jesus and surrender. And so there's, there's a number of things that God has been speaking about with us. And we've been doing this as church. We've been talking about accountability. We've been, we, this past Wednesday, there was this amazing session on worship and what worship is. And we've got to remember that there's worship where we sing like we just did. And there's worship where we live our lives out in surrender. And Jacques and Jeanette were here, I think it was last Sunday, maybe the one before that, and, and he had a word for us as a congregation, and he didn't get a chance to share it, but it was along the lines of surrender your life to the Lord. And, and in that, I want to actually honor Tian and Vulri. And we were praying with them a couple of weeks ago, and I felt God say to me, for them, and I shared it with them, and I said, I feel like... One of the reasons that God is sending them to Stellenbosch. So for those of you who don't know the Stellenbosch congregation, it's mostly students and it's transitory. That means that people go to study in Stellenbosch for a couple of years and then they move on. And I felt like God wanted to say to them and encourage them, the reason I'm sending you guys to Stellenbosch is because of how you joined us and how you're leaving us. And we often say, the way, how you leave, how you enter, sorry, is often how you leave. And when they arrived, they arrived saying, we want to be where Jesus wants us to be. We don't want to be where what's comfortable for us. We want to go and be where God wants us to be. And that's exactly how they're leaving Molniton. Like, we want to be where God wants to be. We'll lay down all of our plans. And there's this whole group of students at Stellenbosch University that are about to leave to go who knows where in the world. And they need to know wherever they get to physically doesn't matter. They need to be where Jesus wants them to be. 
And the same is true for every single one of us. So we're going to put up some, we're going to put up some scripture now. But, but the question I asked, I think I asked this last week, and it's a question that God has been asking me, and it's a question I want to ask each of you, is why are we here? Why are we on this planet? Why are we in Milnerton? Why are we Christians on this planet? And the answer, and I think I shared a bit, was we're here because Jesus loves us, and we're here to love. And so I want to put up the first scripture, which is 1 John 4, 19. And it's a very simple scripture, and it says, most of it says, let's there we go. Now it really says it. We love. So this is the Apostle John. This is the John that was walking with Jesus and said, <clears throat> when this village didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus, John went to Jesus and said, let's call down like fire on that village. That's how he was. And then he surrendered his life to Jesus. And this is how he became. And he says, yeah, we love because he first loved us. And I don't want to rush that statement. It's very simple. And for a lot of us, if we've read our Bibles before, we're like, yeah, I know, yeah, and I know, I know. But do we really understand that, that we have nothing without Jesus? We can't go and love people the way that we're supposed to. We can't go and live our lives if we don't receive that. When it says that we love because he first loved us, he loved us before we were even created. It's not like we messed up our lives and then Jesus was like, oh, shame, man, I love you. Don't worry. Come, come be part of my family. His love predated our existence. That's how much he loves you. He loves you so much that he created you. There is nobody here this morning because that's what the devil wants to come and he wants to come and be like, yeah, God loves them. Not so sure he loves you. If Jesus doesn't love you, he wouldn't have created you. That's his love. And then he goes on to say, once you have that love, you now need to do that love. And so there's two scriptures, and there's many scriptures, so please, I could, we could go on for hours, but we won't. But the first one is 1 Timothy 1.5. And this is, this is the Apostle Paul, um, again, not before he met Jesus, not the friendliest guy, very zealous, very keen to obey the, the, the scriptures, but, but not known for his love for people. And he's writing to Timothy, who we believe was one of his disciples, one of the people that he was a young man. It talks about don't, don't let them despise you for your youth. But he's a young man coming up in ministry um, and, and spreading and leading a church and spreading the word of God. And Paul writes to him. And he says this. He says a lot of things in that letter. But this thing, the aim of our charge is love. That sums it up. If there's anything that you're doing right now, and you're like, I'm doing this for Jesus, like Andre on the football field. 
Was he doing a, okay, sorry. <laughs> the aim of our charge, the aim of our purpose is love. Everything that you do. And then in, in, there's the, we all know this one, but we can go to Mark chapter 12 and it's verses 28 to 31. And this is Jesus speaking, so we should probably listen. And one of, so this is Jesus, he's, he's busy talking with some church leaders and, and a young man comes up to him, one of the, one of the scribes. The scribe was just one of the, 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 the brainy people in, in Jerusalem. And he says, and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. When he heard them, he heard, he heard the, the Jewish leaders basically fighting with Jesus. And, they, and, they, and they're disputing with one another. Such a nice word. And seeing that he answered them well, seeing that Jesus answered them well, he was like, okay, so maybe, maybe you can answer my question then because I, I want to check if you actually know what you're talking about. And he asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And we can wait there. We can go back. That's a life surrendered. Love the Lord your God with everything in you, not just the things that you like to give Him, with everything. And then he goes on and he says, and the second is this, the second commandment is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And that's, I mean, that's the gospel summed up. Jesus loves you enough to make you. And then Jesus loves you enough to die on the cross for you. And then all he says is, I don't ask much of you, just everything. <laughs> all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. Because what he's saying is, when in doubt, love like Jesus. When in doubt, love like I love you. And you can't do it in yourself. But you can do it. And there's this, this, this line that Luke often shares with us. And he says, When in doubt, build family. When in doubt, build family. And that, it seems like a very flippant statement of like, yeah, when in doubt, just hang out with each other. But it's so much more. When he says, when in doubt, build family, it's when in doubt, love one each other. Like, really love one another. Love one another enough to spend time together. Not love one another enough to, like, on a Sunday, high five, how's your week, love you, okay, bye, I'm going to go live my life again. Love one another enough to be family. And then I, I, my favorite is, when in doubt, follow Jesus. And the two go together. It's not me versus Luke. Who's, it's, it's both. 
When in doubt, follow Jesus. And as you're following Jesus, I'm just not where Luke is yet. I'm, I'm still at step one. When in doubt, be with Jesus. And then the overflow of that is when you're with Jesus, the overflow is build family. Because, the, because that says, love the Lord your God. And out of the overflow of that, the second commandment, love one another. It all comes down to love. So like I said, I wanted to, wanted to share a little bit about me in the context of this. Because this is all great in theory, but at this point it's, it's just theory. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Ian. I'm married to Kate, who is amazing. And we have three kids. And I, did, I grew up in church, but I, I didn't grow up knowing Jesus. I grew up in a, in a traditional church, and I knew of God, and I knew of th the things of God, but I never met him personally. And then one day, I, I finished varsity, and I went to work, and I met this girl. I remember I'm unsaved. I'm not with Jesus. I met a girl, and her, and her name was Kate. And she was with Jesus. And uh, I remember one day I said to her, can we go for coffee? And, uh, and I asked her out. And I'm not going to go into the details. You can come and chat to me afterwards. And I asked her out. And she very rightly said no. Because she was with Jesus. <laughs> she was with Jesus, and I was not. This is a very important part of the, the story. <laughs> and then I was, um, well, I thought I was quite a, a, quite a smooth guy. I don't think I was as smooth as I thought I was. And I, in that moment, said, that's cool. Because I feel the Lord is calling me back to church. <laughs> I wasn't... This actually happened, guys. This actually happened. If Andrew's right, you will see the video one day. <laughs> so I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I haven't been in church for a while, not knowing what church actually is, like I'm coming back to... And so she's like, great. Um, I'm going to this church called Joshua Generation. It meets in Tableview. I'm like, cool. Um, I'm, and like, it got to this point. I, I don't know where we met, but we drove in convoy. She drove her car, and I drove mine. Okay? And we get to, no, it gets better. It gets better. She didn't tell me what kind of a church it was. And I came from a traditional background. I looked stunning. I had my salmon shirt on. I had my chinos and my docks. I was looking beautiful. And I walk into this church, and the majority of the men in there didn't even have sleeves, board shorts. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is interesting. I don't feel at all insecure. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. This is great. And then Kate does what every good Christian should do when they invite somebody to church. I see my friends, bye! 
and she left me at the door. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. I'm going to be in the back here. <laughs> Don't mind me. And I met Jesus. If she had been like, cool, come. Like, like I'll drive you, I'll show you. Cool, come sit with me. Cool, be with me. I would have been with her. I would have just seen her. And that's not why I was there that day. God used her to get to me. And that's a dangerous one because that, if, if Kate hadn't been strong enough, she hadn't been with Jesus, she hadn't done her part in the story, I would have missed it. And I wouldn't be here today. And I remember I was, I was in... I was in that service, and I had this overwhelming sense of, this is home. I don't know what this is. I've never heard music like this before, but there's something here that's drawing me home. And soon thereafter, um, we started dating gave my life to Jesus, I got baptized, and we did start dating with the accountability to the leaders, and we were like, this is happening, and they were like, <laughs> <laughs> and at one point, things weren't going well, and we broke up, and I remember I went to Kate, this is very cheesy, I was very young, guys, please have grace for me, but I, I went to her, and I said, this might get awkward, being in the same church together, but I'm here for Jesus, so I'm staying. And if it's awkward for you, <laughs> but I'm here for Jesus. That's living a life surrendered. I was reading an, I was reading an article, I don't even want to call it an article, I, want to, I was reading somebody's story that they were telling it's exactly the same story, well, very similar story. Except their story was, I went to a church and it was everything that I wanted. And then I found out that it wasn't, so I left. And I was like, but that church is following Jesus. You're not. Because they thought it was everything that they wanted, that I'm going to be accepted for who I am and I can express who I am. And at some point there was a conflict between who they were and what Scripture said. And they came to a crossroad and they walked away from Scripture and they started their own thing. And that is scary and that's, that's the road, that's the path that each one of us are on. Are you here today? Because of a vibe. Because if you are, one day there won't be a vibe. Will you keep on following Jesus? Are you here today because there's somebody you fancy? Because that might not be who God has for you. Are you okay with that? Are you here today because you think there's a calling on your life and you think the leaders here will bring you through into it? Because maybe they won't. Are you okay with that? Because there's only one reason to be here. It's to be with Jesus.
Anything else is getting in the way. So when in doubt, find him and submit to what he's calling you to do. It's not at all <laughs> where I thought I was going this morning. But it's what Jesus has been saying over and over this morning. Um, when Adam came up, praying for bodies, praying for families, why are we doing that? Because it's a life submitted. It's not about your preference. It's not about what, can I even say, it's not even about what you have faith for. You know, I will be the first one to say, there's a scripture that says, anything done outside of faith is sin. And you can twist that scripture. You can twist it and say, I can't do what Luke and the elders are asking of me because I don't have faith for that thing. But is that because you don't have faith for it? Or is it because you want to do what you want to do? Because if you surrender your life to Jesus, He will give you faith for what He wants you to do. So do nothing. When the Scripture says, do nothing outside of faith, when the leaders come to you and say, we feel this for you in the Lord, if you don't see it, that's okay. Run to Jesus. Be like, Lord, I don't know what to do with this because I feel to go left and, and I'm hearing people say, go right. What do I do now? I'm going to sit here until you speak to me. And if I don't hear you, I'm going to submit because that's how you live your life, Jesus, surrendered to the Father. So I'm going to surrender myself to you and to the leaders that you've placed over me, that you placed over me. And then I'll hear people say, yeah, but you know, um, I wasn't really sure if this was the church for me. That's why I'm leaving. The only reason you should be sitting here it's because God has called you here. If you are sitting here for any other reason, then when that day comes, when you hit that crossroad, you'll be like, oh, the Lord has called me out again. But that's not how he works. The Lord is calling you to be surrendered. And he works through authority. He works through his people and his leaders. Don't wait for that day to hit your crossroads and then be like, why am I actually here? Because that's what I did. Like I said, we, we broke up and then I hit that crossroad. I was a baby Christian. I'd been saved not long enough. And then God had to show me which way he wanted me to go. You don't have to wait till you hit a crossroad with God. You can choose today and to say, today I'm going to submit and my surrender my life to God and to how he runs his church. And if we do that, we'll never walk away from what he is calling us to. So interesting, I had this, this line that came up when I was preparing. And it says, the world has got so obsessed with finding the one. If that's you, I'm sorry. 
But the world has got so obsessed with finding the one. And there's like this whole genre of movies out there, rom-coms, which if you, if you follow Ryan Kingsley, who is the, one of the church leaders who leads um, in Bononi, used to lead City Bowl, and he always used to tell us, you know, action movies are cool, dramas are cool, don't watch rom-coms. They're bad for your heart. <laughs> but the world is so obsessed with finding the one. And you get things like Tinder. We'll help you find your one. And I felt like God said to me this week, if you seek... If you seek, if you keep on seeking, you will find the one. His name is Jesus, and he's not on Tinder. (laughs) Jesus is the one. He's the one that can sort your life out, sort your problems out, heal your body, save your families. He's the one worth living for today and all the way into eternity. And so I want to come into landing, and this is a miracle I want to say. I was preparing this morning, and I said, Lord, for me to preach in 25 minutes is going to take a miracle. But he is a miracle worker and a a way maker, and he's done it. (laughs) But I want to ask, it's five steps, five simple steps in landing that I want to share. And step one on how to get this right. Step one, pray. (laughs) We so often skip that step. We're like, I need help. Can somebody help me? Like, find a friend. Step one, pray. Step two, in that prayer time, see Jesus. Don't go to Jesus with your laundry list. When Jesus taught us to pray, he didn't give a laundry list. He's like, pray, find the Father. If you're not seeing Jesus in your prayer life, you're missing the point. So number one, pray. Number two, see him. Number three, see how much he loves you. Because that is the foundation of everything. See how much we love because he loved us first. Number four, ask him to put that love into you. And step number five, pour that love out on the people around you. That is a life surrendered. And I don't, it's not just, this isn't evangelism, this is everything. Love your neighbor that's saved and unsaved. Love your leader in how you live in submission to them. Love the people in your community in how you interact, how you connect, how you share what's going on in your life. But all of that is an overflow of receiving the love of Jesus and then let it just pour out of you like a bucket full of holes like a watering can, just going everywhere. All right. So I wanted, to, I wanted to pray with us. Where's Anton? Is this cool? You good? So I want to, yeah, I want to pray.